the most powerful enemies. Goku, whatever you've got planned, now's the time to spring it. The strongest heroes. <laughs> the biggest fights. I'm Naruto Uzumaki, don't forget it! All come together in one place. Hulu is the home to Naruto Shippuden, Bleach Thousand Year Blood War, Dragon Ball Z Kai, and more of your favorite anime. Find your anime on Hulu's Animayhem, your anime destination. Welcome to Dynamic Duos, I'm Tiffany Crivelli. Today, we'll be joined by Wes Craig and Drew Craig, which makes this episode a unique one, because our guests aren't just colleagues or friends, they're brothers. Now, you may recognize Wes from his artistic work on the Rick Remender series Deadly Class, or perhaps from his work on his new series, Kaya. And you may know Drew from his debut series, The Savage Strength of Starstorm, which he's been writing and drawing. Wes and Drew Craig grew up in the 80s and 90s, both lovers of comics from a very young age. And now they both have creator-owned series at Image Comics. They've been talking about comics as fans and members of the industry for years. So join us as they let us listen in on the sort of conversation that they've been having all of their lives on this episode of Dynamic Duos. Hello, Drew Craig. How you doing? <laughs> We're going to do our best to imitate the uh, one of the 10,000 conversations we've had over the course of our lives. Uh, <laughs> talking about comic books and stuff. So hopefully people find that entertaining. It'll be like being in the car with us when we're driving to a convention back in the day or, or, or flight or whatever we do, I guess. Yeah, hopefully hopefully there's no awkward silences or <laughs> we can keep this conversation rolling. But uh, yeah, hopefully yeah. it's entertaining for you guys. It's going to be entertaining for us. So uh... <laughs> yeah, we always manage to entertain each other. When we have like dinner together at my par our, our parents' place, it's like my mom looks at us like, how are you still able to talk how are you? How do you have anything left to talk about with comics and stuff? And it's like just never. Well, there's always never something to talk about. There's always something new out there, something interesting, right? So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, I've said this. Uh, I've, I've, I, you know, I've been in the business uh, a bit longer, so I've had a few of these uh, questions asked. How did you get into comic books? But I've never heard. Uh, I've heard you personally tell me, and I've experienced how you got into comic books. But what got you into comic books? at the beginning when you were a little kid, Drew Craig? Well, uh, growing up in the 80s, it was uh, it was the thing on the block. It was like everybody who was cool collected comic books, you know? So, I mean, you're, you're a witness to that. Like all the cool dudes, all the guys who skateboarded, all the guys who played street hockey, they were all collecting comic books as well. And they, everybody had a collection. And uh, we come from the West Island of Quebec and, uh, yeah, there were several comic book stores in the area growing up. So unfortunately, there's not really any anymore, which is sort of a sad thing. Uh, I always thought that it would be cool if me and Wes would open one up and maybe we'll do that down the road one day. But anyways, just growing up was like uh, everybody loved comic books. It was just the thing in the 80s. Uh, and, you know, it was like a, it was a heyday for comic books, you know. So and then, uh, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, there was the, the faction that loved DC and there was the faction that loved Marvel and they didn't get along with each other. And then they'd have gang fights in the middle of the street. And then uh, usually uh, the Marvel guys would come out on top, but uh, sometimes the DC guys would get in there, get their shots in. But yeah, but no, it was just, uh, I mean, it was just the thing. And, you know, we grew up uh, with our mom was always painting and drawing. So, uh, 
So like, I mean, I remember even before that we lived in a, a separate part of uh, Quebec, the South shore. And, and uh, we used to, I'd get my dad to buy us uh, comic books and they're in French. I just always loved it. I just loved the art and the stories and the characters. And it's just, uh, you know, it never stopped. It never ended. So uh, that's, I mean, that's how I got into comic books originally. And then, you know, we'd have like, uh, with our friends, we're all into it. And we'd get like little comic book groups together and collect and comic books and talk about comic books and draw and write stories and stuff. And then, uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, it was just always a thing, you know, so. Yeah, it's it's interesting. We kind of came at a good time where, like, I remember the kids that I, I feel like my memory of is was like we were like into the superhero stuff, but the kids that read comic books that were like not like super nerds about it, they were into like the military type stuff, you know, like Punisher, mm. GI Joe. Like it was more like the non superhero thing where they they were into like guns and you know just like Rambo type stuff, you yeah. Know, that era. Um, and then there was the real like comic book nerds that they were more like us that were more into, you know, Spider-Man and you know, yeah. the Teen Titans. And yeah. The and, hardcore you know, guys were like more into like the, the more not indie stuff, but like the vertigo titles and like the more, you know, yeah, I, they, they, yeah, yeah, they were really, you know, like the, the, the Eddie Munson guys were like really into like the darker <laughs> stuff, you know, like checkmates and you know, all these, all, mostly DC, they were more into DC I found. And then like the more, the guys who were like more, uh, like the cooler dudes were kind of more into Marvel I found back then, you know? So I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I was like, you know, know exactly. the darkest guys. Cool. Like, Sorry, go ahead. Just X-Men was cool. Like when yeah. we were kids, it was very cool. You know, like it's always like for, for us, it was like, that was like the biggest comic in the world was yeah. like, X-Men at a certain point, you know? Yeah. Like, you that put was, it the there, it's guaranteed that it's going to do well. Um, yeah, yeah, that was my yeah, like, uh, and also like we had the thing where we grew up and we had these previous generations of like superheroes and stuff, but then we were the perfect age where like Image came along, who we both, you know, we're both with right now. And it's a little bit, that's what's so surreal about it is that, you know, the original Image lineup of Spawn and Wildcats and Savage Dragon and Youngblood and all this stuff, it kind of came at the, per like we were, I don't know, I forget exactly how old I was, but I feel like I was maybe... 13, 12, yeah, I'm not I was, sure. I was like around on, early yeah. teens. It's like perfect age to, to read that stuff and have a new, this is your superhero world, not like this previous superhero world that we were reading, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the first big thought that I had growing up was like when, you, you know, I remembered like thinking you can draw comic books for a living. And that was like a, like, wow, you know, like that's, that would be amazing, you know, if we could do that, you know, or I could do that, you know? And then uh, not realizing that that was a, a thing you could actually even do. And then, and then, and then getting into like being Canadian and realizing that some of the big guys in the industry were Canadian and then just, wow, mm. that's awesome. You know, like, uh, you know, so like, we're not so secluded. We could actually do this living in Canada, you know? So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I, I mentioned that I was on a panel, another surreal experience that happened to me. I was on a panel, you were there with uh, Mirka and Dolfo and Todd McFarlane. And it was mm. like crazy to me. Cause I was like, I used to try to draw like this guy. And uh, when I found out that he was Canadian, it's like, that was, yeah, that was a thing where it's like, oh, you can be, you know, it made it a bit more real for us, I guess that it's like a possibility. And this guy was like top of the top of the heap at the time. And he came in and he said the same thing when he realized that John Byrne lived in Canada and stuff. Like when he, he talked on the panel with me, it's like, it was, that was the same light bulb for him that he realized he didn't have to be this guy born and raised in New York city and all this kind of stuff, you know? 
Yeah, well, John Byrne was the first guy where I was like, oh, wow, this guy's Canadian. And he was like, you know, growing up when I was young, he was pretty much my, he was my guy. You know, I know your your guys were like George Perez and Marf Wolfman and John Byrne was like my dude, you know. And uh, and those are the those are the first guys that really, I think, inspired us both. You know, I think, you know, I would look at your Teen Titans and I was like, this guy is freaking, these guys are amazing as well. And and uh yeah those those were the dudes like that i really we both like kind of like inspired us and you know one we wanted to be yeah. like those guys right so yeah where you notice the the creator's name and then you're picking up anything that they do with their name on it not just picking up characters and i remember yeah. titans was this comic that made me want to dig back it's like i got issue i don't know 17 18 or something like that and i wanted to, i wanted to find the earlier i couldn't find them really but i wanted to find the earlier issues to fill in you know to be, turn you into a full-on collector nerd where you're like i have yeah. to complete my collection you know all that stuff um yeah we yeah. i mean i remember we had like a comic book store in in the west island called captain quebec and uh there were several comic book stores but that was like the big one it still exists it's still on st Catharines in montreal and yeah, but they used to have like multiple locations and now, now they have like the one right? yeah there was they had two locations or two or three locations at one point i think they had yeah anyway so i mean and like it was like a big event if we got to go to captain quebec to buy comic books but my dad was like he wasn't he didn't understand that like comics went up in value so he wasn't ready to pay like five six dollars for a comic book he thought that was ridiculous so we'd always get like these Comet comic books or uh, what, what was the uh, imprint? I forget, but it was like we get uh, the Shield and yeah, it was the it was that Archie line of like yeah, uh, like the Fox and the, the Comet and all that stuff. That's right, yeah, they were cheaper cheaper newsprint, I guess. I don't know what it was, but he saw that price tag. That's why we got the French yeah. comics. I think is that he saw a big black and white com like comic that was printed on black and white paper, and there was like it was pretty thick because there was a bunch of old stories in yeah. there. I bet you it was like 50 cents rather than like, you know, $2 or whatever. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah he can wrap his head around it. It was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> we wanted like the old Teen Titans, like they were like, you know, $10. He's like, I'm going to pay $10 for a comic book. That's crazy. <laughs> but I'm glad that he got us those ones because it, it, it like, you know, broadened our, uh, you know, our, our knowledge of comic books, you know, and those comics yeah, were kind of yeah. cool too, you know, so. Was, they uh, were, yeah, just looking at the visuals and there was weird, it, there, I remember there would be, you know, there'd be a Thor thing, but then there'd be a weird, you know, Red Sonia or Conan or whatever, John, you know, an old Basema or, you know, old stuff that wasn't around when we were growing up. It was like the, the, the late seventies rather than the, the mid eighties, you know? So, yeah. yeah. No, it, it was good. I still yeah. remember all those weird ads and it just kind of, yeah, gave us a different perspective on those things. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that was cool. And then I remember in high school, there was a, a comic book store that was basically walking just distance from my high school. Yeah. So, I mean, like we were talking about Todd McFarlane when it was on Spider-Man, I used to get so, so stoked for Wednesday, you know, just to walk to the store and the new comic books were out. And especially for Spider-Man, I was like such a big fan and same thing, like tried to draw like him and everything. And I mean, that was like, I was, I mean, even like, we're in Quebec, so the winters would be nasty. But I'd put on my my long johns and I'd trek through the snow, and I'd still go. I, I wouldn't eat lunch. I'd save all my, my lunch money and spend yeah. it all on comic books, you know. So uh, yeah, yeah. I so. remember getting those little. We'd get like those ice cream bars, and I would get, <laughs> eat that for lunch because they were I don't even know like a dollar or whatever, and I have three or four dollars or five dollars for lunch, I guess. So it's like the rest of this is going to comics, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he was very lean in high school, very skinny. Fast. <laughs> fast and skinny running through the snow and 
<laughs> with a pile of comic books in your, in your, under your arm. Yeah. Now I'm not so much. I'm sitting around drawing all the day, all the time. So I'm not so fast and not so skinny anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, yeah. I remember that place, DG Comics. I remember seeing my first like Adam Hughes on Justice League there, and like mm. first time I saw I saw Mobius for the first time there when they had these yeah. epic collections, and the the picture that I saw, it's like it burned into those, some of those images like burn in my mind. And, and recently I found that image again and I, I scanned it in and I print, sent it to the printer so I could get like this, like larger than average, like giant poster. And now that's sitting in my office. Like that's how much those things kind of burn into your mind. I, th I think we saw Dark Knight Returns there. Maybe that was the place where we first yeah. saw that. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of firsts there. It was a small little shop, but it had like, when you're a kid, it seems like there's yeah, I got the killing joke the there, and the, and the, the guy yeah. it was a guy Dave. He worked. It was it was his comic book store, and he was like, "All right, I'm selling this to you, but I'm not supposed to be selling it to you. It's a little intense." He's like, "Are you ready for it?" And I was like, "Yeah, okay." And then I read it, and I was like, "I don't know if I'm ready for this." Like when they come up and say, "Is this like? Can you read like my? You know, right now I'm doing Kaya, and that's pretty much." not all ages, but it's not, you know, it's not written in a way where it's going to like scar anybody. But my previous comic is Deadly Class. And I, some people come up as, can my kid read this? And I say, how old are they? You know, and I'm like, mm. eh, a little bit too young, you know, but at the same time, everybody, I saw your, your the, that one issue of Faust that you had. Mm. When I was a little, and it was, it was gnarly, you know, and yeah. like, I saw Dark Knight Returns and seeing him kiss a kiss a cat woman when she's like an old prostitute and like uh, yeah. seeing the Joker like snap his own neck in that and and yeah. seeing the, re the realistic style of killing joke with everything that happens to Batgirl it's like yeah definitely yeah everybody killing, sees that before they're ready you know yeah, the killing joke was was the first one where I was like whoa this is like seriously intense and then Faust was because I was playing baseball with some dudes and uh, one of the guys was an artist as well. So I was talking about, you know, we got into comic books and he was like, Tim Vigil is the man, you know, like he was a huge <laughs> Vigil fan. And he was like, go pick up Faust. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I went and picked it up and then I was reading it. I was like, oh man, this is not what I, <laughs> this, this is more intense than I expected. But, and then uh, I went back and he was like, so did you read it? I'm like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty intense. But the art is awesome. He's, he's a, he's a great artist. I mean, he, sure. he was given it for sure. Oh man. Yeah. 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 What he was putting on the page, but yeah, I was not ready for that amount. Of, yeah, we had uh, to hide it. <laughs> what it is. Yeah, that amount of uh, of uh, many things, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want kids to listen to this and hear yeah. too much uh, too much nastiness. But yeah, it, it was rough. Yeah. But that happens to everybody, and I think it's like afterwards we became we were we went through our our bad kid phase. But at that point, we were very like innocent. You mm. know, like oh, yeah, we were just like you got corrupted by comic books. <laughs> they were right. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> it does, it does corrupt you a little bit. Because that's the thing, too. When we went to comic shops, it was like, it was everything. It was like, there's like hardcore stuff. There's like porn comics. There, But there's also reprints of like Will Eisner's The Spirit stuff coming yeah. over from Japan, like Akira and Ghost in the Shell. And you know what I mean? Like, there was just like so many different ways you could go. Um, and yeah. I think before, the previous decade, there weren't, there weren't comic shops. So it was really like, you'd all you would see is you'd go to the corner store and you'd see Superman and Batman and Spider-Man. And that was yeah. it. Like that was the only options, but we came up when comic shops were like a, a thriving thing where you could find it in the suburbs. Yeah. Know? There was also a TV show that was on called prisoners of gravity on TV yeah. Ontario. And that kind of clued me into like a lot of 
stuff that I probably wouldn't have picked up uh, if it wasn't for that show. It was uh, yeah, you know, it was on T yeah TV Ontario, and it was like uh, so. I mean, I I learned about Akira from that show. I mean, multiple things. I got into Doctor Who from that show. Uh, and there was so much, like they always have artists. They had Dave Gibbons on it. They had Alan Moore. They had, you know, all yeah, these yeah. great artists and writers. And, um, I mean, it was a really great show. I still, you can still see them on YouTube actually. So, uh, Prisoners yeah. of Gravity, if you want to watch some old school, uh, comic book stuff. It's, and it's, uh, it was, it was a cool show. It really, there was a lot of stuff. I, it's like, it's hard to remember everything that included, but it clued me into like a lot of things, you know, it, it turned me yeah. on to a lot of things. So. And then I was, well, both of us, right? So, well, I, yeah, I watch that too once in a while when I'm drawing and stuff. And it's like just remembering it's such a, of the mm. era, like it's so, it's so dorky, like in a lot, like it's, it, I don't think people understand like how, uh, <laughs> how dorky and how like, uh, like that's the way it was in the 80s, like Star Trek fandom and, you know, just, but yeah, it was crazy. I remember seeing Alan Moore for the first time on that thing because just because, you know, he stands out because he's so, he was so, yeah. Wild -looking time super you know just kind of yeah cool frank history. miller and like yeah all the everybody had yeah. uh, george rr R. martin actually is on one of those old episodes yeah that became i mean before you know way you know yeah way before it became a tv show he was writing that stuff but yeah not not nearly at that level yet mm. <laughs> yeah it's true I, I love all that old stuff man i i, I do go through uh <laughs> nostalgic kicks where i watch some of that stuff and some of it's like hard to watch a little bit because <laughs> it's yeah. just there's a lot of awkward dudes trying to find their way through the, through the, through the world. You know, that's, that's what, yeah, well, I love it. Cause it's like, it brings me yeah. back to an innocent time, you know, and I, I mm. watch it and it, it, it like kind of reminds me why I love this stuff so much, you know, like, it's like, yeah, that, yeah. you know, and then sometimes you forget about interviews that they did and you're like, Oh, you know, like they got Dave Gibbons on today. They got, you know, it's, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it's, you know, it was, it, I, I used to look forward to that show all the time. I used to record it on VHS and, watch it over and you know like uh yeah so it was uh, it was it was a neat show it was, it's not something yeah. that everybody saw you know it wasn't a big show it was like uh you know i don't even know if it was on in the states maybe in a couple of uh, apparently of it, apparently it was but you know on in now with that, the way it was back then on select you know in select markets or whatever mm. so it's like tons of people didn't see it some strange thing some apparently they played on sci-fi that's what I've heard, like on the, in the American oh, channel. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe years later, I don't even know. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, that was uh, yeah, that's, that's funny stuff, man. Yeah, you were uh, talking about like um, like trying to make Kaya for uh, like accessible to like younger kids and stuff, and that was sort of a dilemma I had with Starstorm because I was like, like, do I want kids to be able to read this, but I also want to be able to swear. <laughs> so, so i'm like uh because i want you know i figured i could use the uh you know the different uh you know uh symbols for swearing but i said oh, i just want to be able to yeah. say shit sometimes you know like and just have yeah. them say it you know so uh that was my only little problem but uh that, that can be a bit of an issue because you want to be able to do what you want but yeah so you don't want to be like held to like not being able to you know tell certain stories and like cut things out you know i don't want to be edit the stories down too much but i also want kids to be able to enjoy that you know, a new superhero and stuff like that so i was having a little bit of a yeah. back and forth with that and i decided well whatever i'll just let them say shit and that's you know <laughs> but i won't yeah. go further than that you know what i mean so. those heavier yeah well, i mean like it's a, it's such a funny thing because it's like the amount 
swearing is like bad, but it's like who, they're just words. It's yeah. So silly. Yeah. They're just they're just like a different form of. There's a proper version of that word and a bad version, but like well, who cares really? Yeah. It's not going to make it worse. We can show every comic, every TV show has tons of violence, mm. and it's like, that's fine. But then like but like don't show any sex. Yeah. You know, it's weird. It's yeah. weird the way that people's kind of. Um, well, there's always really ways good. around it, right? There's always, yeah, like, you yeah. know, innuendo and whatnot, you know, you know, I mean, even, you know, when you're young and I remember like I was reading books, I was like, I didn't know that characters were, you know, getting it on, you know? So I was yeah. like, oh, and then like, you know, a couple of years later, I'm like, oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of, I mean, that's the, that's a good way of doing it is this, you know, Pixar kind of way of dealing with it where there's, there's. Yeah jokes for that are for the adults and jokes that are for the kids and you know like you kind of play you play up to both sides a little bit depending on what you want but yeah it's true because it's like kaya is like an adventure where there's you know there's there's knives swords and axes and all kinds of it's mm. fantasy stuff so it's like well how is no one ever gonna get hurt <laughs> in this world yeah um, yeah but like there's just ways of showing it just i'm, I'm just trying not to be you know violence yeah. happens but just don't be graphic with it. You don't need to. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You can imply things and just like you know, I mean, Bambi. Like it's always yeah. been a way. You know, terrible things have been in children's entertainment. It's just how do you portray it? You don't just try to scar them, but yeah, shield them from everything is not a good idea either. No, and, yeah, for sure. I think the two things I liked the most when I was a kid were were Teen Titans and Robotech, and I think it's because I was. It, it was reading. It was looking at stuff that was maybe two or three years above me. Mm. And, you know, now I, I can't read it now because it's made for, for or, or watch Robotech now because it's made for, for kids. But, like, at the time, I always felt like, oh, they're not treating me like a kid, you know? So, like, right. I think that's important. That's a, that's a good feeling when you're a little 10, 11, 12-year-old where you think you're reading something that's more for, like, a 15-year-old or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, who are, your, who are your most inspirational creators growing up? I know who they were, but for the people, <laughs> all five of them. Yeah. We're rehashing a few of uh, our uh, previous conversations, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think like the first people, like I said, that I went digging through, looking back on their stuff was Marv Wolfman and George Perez on Teen Titans. And uh, I'm not sure what that sound was, but um, no, no, what else? Uh, I think like, I'm trying to think of who else was like, I really got into I. I mean, I loved, like, yeah, Todd McFarlane was a big deal, but I also, man, I loved, like, Masamune Shiro on, like, Ghost in the Shell. Like, I think about it now, I, I, tr I didn't try to draw like that because I thought it was impossible, but, I mean, I thought it was so cool looking. Now, when I go through Ghost in the Shell, I'm like, I remember this image, these lines, like, I just thought they were so cool looking, but mm. it's kind of all over the place. Like, Frank Miller is a big one for both of us. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think it occurred to me when I was a little kid. I didn't get it. It's like, because mm. at the time, Dark Knight Returns, it seemed so, like, kind of ugly in a way. Um, which I still think in a way, but now it's like got a charm to it. But I mean, I remember like a few years later, I got into thought Sin City was like the coolest thing ever. And, you know, like. Yeah, I thought just the storytelling when I read it was like, wow, this is yeah. just beyond anything that I've read before, you know? So it was, uh, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was the thing about it. Yeah, you could see he was doing stuff where like he's got this four by four grid and how he, I, and I, still to this day, like I, I look at back at old comics and I go, this doesn't read well anymore because i it shouldn't i'm an older man now i've read other stuff i thought it was cool when i was a kid you can't mm. necessarily go back to that stuff but like i just for the first time relatively recently i read born again with uh frank miller and david mazzichelli on daredevil and yeah. I'm like, i recommend i was like we check it out again you know like it's like this is still good like it's still a good yeah. read yeah you lent it to me I was like... adult and it's still really cool yeah they're so awesome it was year one you know so it's yeah. like 
I feel like those do stand the test of time. Sin City, I've read a few where I'm like, some of these are awesome, some of these are he's, he's yeah. getting a little weird in some of them. But you know, he's just yeah. he's he had a good decade for us of just uh, amazing. Yeah, stuff. Born Again is really great. Like, still a great read for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I like I remember when I was when we were kids, like you were really sort of clue like I. We grew up uh, when I was when I was young, young when we were both young, and we lived in the South Shore. There was um, Goldorak, right, which was like our first introduction to anime, right. So I mean, uh, but I, I didn't didn't realize it was anime. It was all in French, so I thought it was a French cartoon. They called yeah. him Goldorak, and I think uh, the English oh, translation is Grandizer. And then there was Mazinger, and mm -hmm. uh, Great Mazinger. And then like when I came when we moved. I watched Transor Z, which was Mazinger, but that was like our introduction to anime. And then you were huge into Robotech and used to like, I had a little TV in my bedroom when we were kids and then you used to wake me up in the morning because Robotech was on at like the crack of dawn. And, you're, and I was like, oh, yeah, like six in the morning. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you were always like kind of like into that anime manga stuff bef before I got into it. I was more like American comic books, Marvel and DC. Mm -hmm. And you were like, sort of like, really like, sort of got into that all the manga and 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 like, uh, you know, a I, little I, bit of it. Like, yeah. I loved Lone Wolf. I thought Lone Wolf and Cub was super cool. Yeah, it was there though, really in comic wise. It was Akira, Lone Wolf and Cub, and Ghost in the Shell. And I, right. I wasn't there was stuff, but I was unaware of it at the time. And right, right. Stuff with those, and they were like Akira was like the colored version that got colored over here, I think, by Steve Olaf. And it's like, it's just you look at it and you're like, you don't even understand. Mm. You know, there's certain artists like, 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 like I was saying, Adam Hughes, Brian Boland, and uh, mm. and Otomo is another one of those guys where you're like, I don't even understand. Like, yeah. how do you, the how perfection. do you draw? Like, it's impossible. You know, yeah. and just, I look at it and I don't really fully understand some of it. Like, yeah, how do you yeah. put that out? But um, yeah, that was a bit. Of, well, I mean, same thing. It's like you're the old, you're the older brother, and you, I wouldn't be drawing comics or reading comics if you hadn't gotten into it first. I think. And That's right. Maybe. The, Thing. It's like you, <laughs> you me. I'll have it on my tombstone one day. You owe me big time. But, uh, <laughs> but also like you got in, I, I feel like you must've been into those, you know, Albator, which is like Captain Harlock and, yeah. and, and all the, all the Japanese animation, just cause it's, it was so far superior to any like American yeah. animation. At the, yeah. Battle of the Planets also planet. was another one. You know, like so yeah. why, we, we didn't understand why is this animation so much better than this other stuff? Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's true. And certain episodes of Transformers were really good, and certain, you know, it's like yeah. whatever. Like they yeah, would go I to. Still love, I still once in a while watch. I mean, Starstorm's influenced obviously by uh, like mm -hmm. '80s cartoons, and like I used to love the. I still watch the intros because they're obviously done by Japanese studios, and I was like, like the animation the is like amazing, you know, for Silverhawks yeah. and Thundercats, and like uh, I used to watch. Uh, what was it Saber Rider and all these all these great cartoons back then? And but the the opening sequence, I wish like I remember thinking like I wish why is the animation not as stellar as like that opening section? You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, like, you know until and then I got into you know uh, anim Japanese anime, and I was like, oh, these cartoons are all like that opening sequence of those eighties cartoons, you know? So uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's, uh, so, yeah, I'll ask you back the same question about Starstorm. We should probably talk about our books at some point, but right. uh, <laughs> it's fun talking about the old stuff too. Yeah. But what about what about you? What's your first things that were really, uh, like you said, you got John Byrne in there. Who else? Yeah, it's John Byrne. Uh, you know, I, I, I mean, John Romita Jr. was a huge yeah. you know, influence on, you know, on my, not my art style, but I just loved his storytelling and, 
you know, uh, I mean, there's so many. It's it's like there's a list as long as you know, uh, as long as longer than my arm. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, there's yeah. so many great. I mean, Frank Miller, obviously. Uh, you know, is a big fan of Art Adams' art style back in the day, and uh, you know, he was a big influence. Uh, I mean, like Mobius. I mean, there's there's so many, so many. John Byrne, yeah, George Perez, uh, Neil Adams is like the first guy I remember like seeing like his his style and like thinking not not knowing at the time who he was or how important he yeah. was to the industry, but like just thinking like that's the way comic books should be drawn, you know. Not that I draw yeah. anywhere near as good as he does, but it's just you know, like he's uh, you know I think he was like the first guy that really came on and was like he had a like a a great style, you know, like where everybody you know. I mean, obviously Jack Kirby's like I mean when I was a kid I I, I didn't really like Jack Kirby because the only thing I knew him, like uh, about him was that when he was on the Superpowers, and I was like. I didn't think it looked good at all, you know. I was like, yeah. I, I, like uh, the blocky anatomy with, uh, especially on the DC heroes. I, I couldn't stand it when I was a kid. I was like, oh, it's terrible, <laughs> and everybody was like, oh, Jack Kirby's the best. And I was like, no, he's horrible. And then, as I got older and and you know really looked into what he created and what he did, and then you know that you know how dynamic his his storytelling was. Now I, you know, he's like my favorite. You know, so I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, In the same I, way though, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't like Alex, Alex Toth to me was boring when I was a, when mm. I first saw it. And I, I don't even have a good excuse for that because I wasn't even a kid when I saw Alex Toth. I was like in college or something. It took me a while to understand it. I hated Jack Kirby. I hated, I, I liked real guys that I thought were just like, like, like Brian Boland and Adam Hughes and people like that that were yeah. so realist. Just, and George, it comes from George Perez, I guess, just that line of things. I'm sure I would have loved Neil Adams if I had seen him back yeah. in the day. Yeah. And then but Todd McFarlane, like, obviously. Kirby, I didn't get... Toth and I didn't get uh I, I don't I don't remember but I don't think I liked uh, Mike Mignola you know so mm. it's like now those are some of my gods you know so it's yeah like, you, you, come or, you don't get stuff right away we're talking we're like 10 11 12 13 you know, yeah so. it's the same sort of thing like Tim Sale I wasn't yeah. a big fan I didn't mm. like his Batman's cowl and stuff you know and then like people would say, oh, Tim Sale is a great storyteller, and I was like, what are these? His art's not no good, you know. And then, but then I I started like looking into it, and I was like, wow, it's he it's, did some beautiful, beautiful stuff, you know. Like his yeah. uh, his washes and stuff were really great, and his you know, and then his storytelling's great, you know. So I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, and that's sure. you know, that's what I try to do with Starstorm is I just try to tell like a a clear story, you know, and I. You know, I'm still working at being a better storyteller and a better all-around artist, but uh, you know, that's that's what I try to do is just tell a clear story. You know, so uh, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, uh, you know, there's so many. Wes Craig is a big inspiration to me, <laughs> so I have to tip my hat to him. Well, you got me started, and I kept you going, so we yeah. uh, help each other out in that way. You know, when yeah. when I got in professionally, I think it was like, oh, all right, so that can that can happen. So that's maybe I'll uh, you started drawing a bit more, maybe once that. Uh, you got me into it, but maybe yeah. I was a, I was a bit more obsessive at a certain point about about drawing. Well, you definitely had the drive, and I was yeah. sort of like a little bit like spinning my wheels for a time. And you had I like you know I remember <clears throat> we lived together downtown at one point, and and like you know I'd be going out to bars, and I'd come home, and you'd be at the drawing table. You know, you'd be you know till like one two in the morning sometimes. You yeah. know, and, uh, and yeah, you know, and I was then, always. A obsessed with it i remember like sitting in my our parents basement and uh the wedge this tv show would come on that would play like alternative videos on like uh much music which is like canadian mtv 
and that would be like the late night show they would play because like they, no one cared about those videos it was old old you know like old 90s alternative stuff and i'd just be drawing 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 and it's back in the day where you could just be hunched over your drawing board and you could just wake up the next day and be fine like you yeah <laughs> yeah you fall asleep after then and but i still i used to wash my hand under cold water afterwards because i'd just be drawing 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 like just like obsessively until my hand hurt you know which is yeah. not a good idea but yeah I, I still look back like fondly at how uh yeah i was just i was very into it but yeah uh, but yeah eventually you saw it was a real thing we went to a lot of comic book conventions together and we've experienced this whole you know the other side of comic books the professional side of comic books together for yeah uh, it's been a long time now, you know. Well, it took me a while to realize, the, you know, the amount of dedication and hard work it takes. It's 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 a ton of work, and it's you have to be dedicated, and you really have to get your butt in that chair and draw. And I'm a little, you know, I realize I'm slightly maybe ADHD or so, but uh, so I have a tough time getting into the chair. But that's the the hardest part is is just sitting your butt down and putting a pencil in your hand and get at it, you know. And sometimes yeah. I'll find a bunch of things to distract me and then i'm like okay i gotta get in this chair and just start drawing you know and then once i do it and it start usually starts to flow pretty good and but uh there was a time when i'd sit down and i'd draw and i'd be like no i can't do this it's no good and then i would just give up you know but then i said well if i want to do this then i really have to you know discipline myself to sit in this chair and just and just go at it even if it isn't looking good just draw until it does look good you know so or it looks yeah. decent at least you know so but that's uh yeah, yeah. that's one thing that uh you know, I, I saw you, you just the dedication and I was, it was like, okay, you know, so I had a, even though you're my younger brother was like, you know, uh, you taught me a, a valuable lesson is that, you know, if you're going to do something, you gotta, you gotta work at it. You know, it's not, things don't just fall in your lap. You know? Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. Let's, let's uh, not get so mushy. Let's change topics. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk, let's say, let's get around to actually talking about our books. So yeah. Okay. Starstorm. I know, right. again, this is one of those weird things where I'm, um, I know the story. I've been there for the whole thing since the original T-shirt, but uh, right. <laughs> the Starstorm T-shirt that we saw right. back in the day. It's like, give us the uh, give us the spiel on you know what what inspired Starstorm and and what do you want to achieve with it and uh, the, the the journey from getting it from an idea in your head into an actual printed comic now. Right. Well, I mean, you know the story. Like when we were kids, we went to Hampton Beach and. Uh, you know, I was huge into comic books, so uh, so we were there, and I think Dad, like it's it's a vague memory now, but Dad had won uh, like a prize at like one of these arcades or something, I think, or uh, it was like one of those uh, bocce ball games or something. I can't remember exactly, but anyway, I got it. There was a T-shirt there, and it said Starstorm on it, and it had like these old '80s graphics. So, uh, so I got the t-shirt. It had like, the, it looked like uh, Zaxxon, you know, like uh, these little cubes and stars and little laser blasts. And it was in like that form of a video game uh, box on the, on the t-shirt and underneath said Starstorm. So I got that t-shirt and went home and created a Starstorm cosplay. So I take credit as being the original cosplayer. I started cosplay <laughs> and all you cosplayers owe me a debt of gratitude. But the Starstorm was my character. I made a mask uh, for him, and I had black pajama bottoms. I had yellow cuffs on the black pajama bottoms, and I wore uh, boots, and I had, like, sweatbands. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about this part. 
Well, I think when you mentioned the mask, though, I'm like, this is like raising a memory. I kind of remember <laughs> the mask. It was like ninja mask, just kind of like cut out like that, a big yeah, mask. Right? Yeah. And if I didn't, and I think I lost the mask, and then I started pulling like the ninja thing, where you pull a t black T-shirt over your head, and you just leave like, yeah. a, you know, your eyes are out the uh, the collar, you know, and you tie it behind your head. So I think mm. that at one point that was like a like Starstorm was like transitioning, you know, <laughs> into like his ultimate form, you know. So yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so that's how Starstorm uh, first started. And then I started uh, drawing him as a character. And then, um, you know, I just thought the name was cool when I was a kid, you know, the, I was like the alliteration. So it was like, you can see that in, in the comic book, you know, with the character with Grant Garrison and these different characters have uh, literate, alliterative names. But uh, anyway, so, it, so that's how it started. And then, uh, uh, yeah, so I started drawing them, and then at one point you started using Starstorm in, in the comic books that you were doing. I usually just did yeah. like, you know, a couple comic book pages here and there, but mostly what I do is character sketches and their bios and stuff like that. And then you were always doing like sequential like, stories. Yeah, yeah, stories. A bit, a bit, a bit more. I would do, we would always do yeah. pinups, but I did a bit more stories back in the day. Yeah, I was sure. more doing like. Out and find them. I'm sure I still have them. I, I beat yeah. the crap out of Starstorm. It was like I was Starstorm when you lent them to me, basically. Right. And got the crap beaten out of me, and I did some weird stuff. And then it was like, at one point, I think you were like, "I want Starstorm back." Yeah, <laughs> I was. Like, yeah, I was like, go. "What are you doing, dude? That's my character. I'm. I want him back. <laughs> I'm the one with the costume, not you." And yeah, then, uh, I, I had my super group. My uh, my group I called the Vanguard. The so Vanguard. Yeah. And you and you'd had Starstorm. These are our yeah, and I might steal the Vanguard from you to uh, put them in Starstorm. Maybe <laughs> I think you got enough superheroes in that book. Yeah, I, I think mean, so. Like, why, why not add a few more to your? Uh, you draw it. You know, you draw like a hundred characters on on a double page spread. Why not have a hundred? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I might, but the Vanguard was cool. I was uh, Vanguard was a comic that Wes created when you were like what. Six? Uh, yeah, really, really, yeah. One of them was a character for like that I straight up copied from a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like the mm. original Eastman layered thing. I just showed you that recently. Like the mm. melting pot was like a thing they were working on, and I just ripped that character off. And That's and great. you know, it's all ripped off characters when you're a kid. Actually, Starstorm is kind of your own thing. I don't think of it as being based on anybody else. But like, um, uh, I had a the main dude was a Canadian dude, and one one character was a rip off of a uh, uh, what's his name a uh, uh, who's the who's the crazy robotic character from New Mutants? Uh, not Warlock. Is it Warlock? Yeah, Warlock. Yeah, the black and white. Yeah, yeah. I, I did this guy uh, that was you know based off of that because I just thought that was so cool looking. Same thing, like looking at your old Art Adams X Men Asgard stuff. I was just like, whoa, I want to make a character that looks like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was one thing. <laughs> I, I like doing that. I did quite a few comics with those guys, but eventually, yeah. I I fell into the vertigo-ish you know ecology like oh i gotta do stuff that's more serious and you know mm. like that kind of thing so um mm. and then came back around to like superheroes and fantasy and all that all that stuff well one thing um, i always loved was when yeah. when we were like teenagers we were me and west were both into rockabilly we were both in the rockabilly right so uh so and we had like a little clique of guys who all dressed with leather jackets and greasy hair and stuff so west did a <laughs> he did a comic of uh of us is like, well, it was like loosely based on our, our group of friends. Right. And it was, yeah. uh, it's, it, I was thinking one day we could do something with that. Maybe you should do something with that. Like a little, like a, like a six, uh, six issue, uh, you know, uh, sort of deal or like a, like a mini series, but I don't know. 
I've got a bunch of old stuff. I got this old Viking story that I did. I told you this story called the common thread that I think I blew your mind way back in the day when I was trying mm. to do my own comic books. And, uh, uh, I did that, that, that greaser comic was called JD, you know, yeah. juvenile ones. and, uh, yeah, no, one day I'd like to kind of just show all that just cause it is it's years of work and it's all mm. amateur stuff, but it's fun. You know, it's like a lot of like enthusiasm on those old pages. It's and still stuff. cool so, yeah, though. Maybe, it's still like, one day I'd like you know? to show it. Yeah, yeah, the Viking phrase actually actually that was my first time trying to write a finite like beginning middle ending story, but uh, but anyway, that's in the past. But uh, yeah. uh, back to Starstorm though. So you, yeah. you continue with the, with how it progressed from the T-shirt to the cosplay. To right. The, uh, yeah. So uh, well, I just I mean I just at one point I was sending away sample pages to uh, Marvel and DC and different companies and. Uh, so they were sending me uh, sample scripts back and I was working on the sample scripts, but I wasn't getting any work. So I just started, I kind of got fed up a little bit and I just said, you know what? I just want to really draw and write my own thing, my own stories. So I said, I'm just going to do my own thing and then self publish and, you know, do the Eastman and Laird thing. They were a huge, in, like, in, you know, uh, influence on me as well. Uh, we had friends. I mean, remember our friends when we were kids had those Ninja Turtle comic books and I was like, the original Ninja Turtle comic books. And it was like, uh, you know, that was awesome, you know? So that was, those guys were a huge inspiration for Starstorm. And I still like, we'll watch the, uh, I think it's called Turtle Power. It's about like the, the making of the Ninja Turtles and talks with, uh, you know, both those guys about, you know, how they did it. And Mirage Studios was always something like when I got Starstorm originally, when I was getting it going, I wanted to make like, you know, have my buddies from high school make comic books with them. I, you know, I tried getting that together, but it never, it never ended up going anywhere. So, uh, so I just said, I'm just going to do this myself, you know, and, and then whatever happens with it, it uh, happens, you know, if I self publish and do it that way, or if I find a publisher, then that'll be great. That would be better, you know? So, uh, uh, yeah. So I just said, uh, yeah, I'm just going to do that. I'm just going to have fun with it and, uh, draw what I want and, you know, make a, you know, fun story. And, and then, uh, yeah, and that's how it evolved. And I just was working on that and, you know, just doing little things on the side, other, you know, writing stories, other stories on the side. And I, you know, put it down for a bit and then COVID hit. And then I said, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, then now's the time because I got, uh, you know, who knows how long to sit at home. And, you know, yeah. so, I mean, I might as well just work, you know, put my butt to the grindstone and, uh, and get this done. So then I got it done and then you were already, you know, in, you know, like doing your thing and, you know, people were loving your stuff. So I was like, okay, well, uh, you know, I have a younger brother I can, uh, bully into, uh, helping me out. <laughs> get me in front of those dudes. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways. So, right. So I just, um, yeah. Yeah. So I just, I mean, that's how, that's what it was. It was just like, I just said, you know what, I'm just going to do my own thing. I just want, I, that's all I ever really wanted to do anyway. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd like to, you know, do a Batman story, do an X-Men story, do a, you know, a Spider-Man story, Superman story, all that stuff for sure. But, uh, you know, and I have ideas for that if that ever happens, but you know, if, if I just end up doing Starstorm and getting Starstorm out of my head and onto the page and, you know, I have quite a few stories coming up and I think, you know, they're, I mean, it starts off slow and then it kind of like, it really jumps like leaps and bounds as soon as it gets to the end of the first arc. And then it's going to really start flying from there. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I think it's, it's just stuff I, I do for myself, really. It's like something I would have liked reading growing up, you know? So, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, and I'm just trying to, yeah, I'm just having fun with it and that's, that's it. So. Yeah. What about Kaya? Um, 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's sim- like tying into that, it's a little bit like I did a bit of work for DC and Marvel, but also what I wanted to do, you know, what what you is something similar to what you do, what you saw growing up. I wanted to have some big long run on a favorite character and, you know, do something like Walter Simonson's Thor, like my version of that or whatever. Mm. And, and and if you're waiting and you're waiting and you're sending in samples or you're just waiting for Marvel or DC or whoever to give you the keys and say, go do your favorite thing. It's like, you're going to, you, you, maybe you'll get there, but maybe you'll be waiting forever. So it's a little bit like do the thing that makes you happy, do the yeah. thing that you want to do. And that's, that's was part of it for me with Kaya was um, yeah. Like being raised on Trader Owned was a thing. It was exciting. It's like something that I always, I always wanted to work on some of these characters, but I also, most of the comics that I did, like we were saying growing up, it wasn't like my, my version of the Hulk or, or me drawing a Spider-Man adventure. It was always me and my, I didn't even think to do that in a weird way. Cause all the stuff that I do when I was a kid, it was like, I do pinup pinups of those characters. Mm. But then when I did actual stories, it was always just my own ideas. Yeah. So it was a little bit like the, the grand goal was, or I don't know if it's the goal, but I mean, just like the, my, my perfect working situation would just be writing and drawing my own thing. You know, yeah. that was always kind of getting there and trying to get there. And I, I pitched some, a very different version of Kaya to image many, many, many years ago. And uh, it, it was the world of Kaya, but Kaya wasn't a character yet. It was with these gods that were basically like kind of uh, my versions of like, not the Marvel version, but the traditional Viking. Like there was like mm. an Odin and a Thor kind of characters and they were all rivaling with each other um but there was no Kaya but the world was a bit of a mashup of a sci-fi and fantasy kind of brought together um and I, I would pitch different things to them and I'd get rejected I you know the right the drawing was okay but the story just wasn't quite there yet I didn't you know it takes a while to get those chop chops up to the point of being professional and uh yeah, I think one big thing was I was working DC and Marvel, just doing journeyman journeyman stuff for them. And then I got a call from uh, Rick Remender to do Deadly Class. And we did that for like nine, 10 years. Mm. Uh, that built up a certain, that was the first time where I ever had like a fan following that liked my stuff for one particular thing. And mm. right afterwards, I could have taken a little bit of a break, but I was like, right after this, that's, I want to just finally do this thing that I've been working on for years and years um, and write and draw my own thing. And hopefully enough people pick it up that I can just do that for the foreseeable future. Hmm. Uh, and it's the same, it, very different worlds our two characters live in, but it's like, you know, a lot of it is, you know, there's a lot of the similarities come from just, we're just putting all our favorite stuff in there, you know, like, yeah putting all our influences in through our yeah. own lens. So it's not, doesn't not some kind of straight copy of anything, but it's just yeah. like, we're doing our own versions of all the stuff that we love and the stuff we love to draw and that kind of thing. You know, it's like, I, I feel like Eric's Eric Larson did that with Savage Dragon and Mike Mignola yeah. did that with Hellboy and we're doing that. We're doing all our favorite stuff. Yeah. That's the idea, right? Is like the original exactly. image guys, like, you know, and uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the, the goal is to, I know both of us, you know, we have the daunting thing in this day and age where it's like, we want to, we're, we're not doing some, just some little mini series. We want to just be able to do this for a, as an, as ongoing series and just kind of keep rolling with it as long yeah. as we can, as long as people are around and as long as it pays the bills, you know, yeah. like, uh, we're both very happy doing this for, uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, my goal hopefully. too, is that like, sorry, what's that? Just hopefully we get that chance, you know? Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, I, like, I was just thinking, like, I was saying, like, just when I was in high school, getting so excited to get to the comic book store when, like, the new comic books came out. And, like, 
you know, if I can do that for some other kid who's in high school, who's, you know what I mean? Who's like just excited for Starstorm to come out. You know, if I can do that for, you know, five, 10 people even, yeah. that's, that's great. You know, that's amazing. You know, I, I, yeah. I gave them the stoke that I had, you know, and that's, that's really like what the goal is, you know, like, uh, you know, that I can do for them what those comic books at that time did for me, you know? So, uh, yeah. that's, and that's what I'm hoping Starstorm is, you know, well, I'm hoping it's more for more than five, 10 people because I won't be able to keep doing it. If it is, but, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, but you know, I mean, that, that's, that's my hope, you know, is that people like, you know, get a buzz out of it and, and, you know, enjoy it and it brightens up their day. You know, if their day is a little bit dreary and they get home and they got a comic book and they read it and it just gives, brings a smile to their face. And then, you know, I mean, the last the comic book that I read that was like that was, um, was Invincible last year. I read it last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it gave me that same buzz, you know, like as when I was a kid, I was like reading it and I was yeah. like, man, this, this comic is like, at first it, it, for me, it started, it started out slow and I sort of, equated to Starstorm. Starstorm kind of maybe starts a little slow for some people, but it's, it, it picks up quick. And then when it does, you're like on for a ride, you know, and it, and you yeah. just can't put it down. You just want to keep reading it, you know? And, and yeah. that, you know, Easy. that's why I, I just, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, that's it. Yeah, that's- I, I just reread uh, my first trade paperback of Kaya, not for uh, egotistical reasons, just because I'm trying to figure out uh, the, the next few arcs. And I'm like, so I need to make sure you know, tons of it is in your head and you're like, yeah. what's in my head and what I've actually written on the page that people have read that is now like mm. the, can- the canon of the story where I can't, you know, I can't, um, I got to make sure it's all straight yeah. in my head. Basically. Yeah. Right. It's like, yeah, like yeah. This, there are, there are certain parts. It's so hard reading your own stuff and cause you mm. just, you, you can't enjoy the good stuff. You it's just look tough. at things that didn't work and you're like, oh man, yeah. Well, you crazy, but it just, you know, hopefully it's motivation to just trying to keep getting better. Yeah. But, uh, but I think that's, it's the first few issues is, is tough for any series because you're trying to set up this origin and, but also get the action going and get yeah. people invested in the characters. You're trying to do a lot of stuff all in one comic or two comic. The first few comics, you got to like hook them hard, you know? So yeah. Yeah. It's difficult to do that. And also the, just the more you write, the, just the better you get, you start shedding some novice writing stuff and you start understanding what people are going to, like, what am I really engaging with in this story? And what, what am I just doing exposition that like no one cares about? Because I, I think this world is like, I, at first I did a lot of stuff where I explained secondary characters way more than anybody could ever care about them, mm. you know? And uh, my wife, uh, Lexi was just like, no one's going to really care about this stuff. You know, like they have to, you have to care about the first few characters like Kaya and Jin. And then eventually you can like lead on to these other other people. Right. Right. That's, that was, the, that was, it's like it should have been obvious to me, but it wasn't. But yeah, big huge world in your head. You yeah, think it's so cool and you want to tell everybody every single detail that yeah. you figured out, but yeah. they won't necessarily care. Yeah, I have a tough time with that too. Yeah, yeah you want to stick everything in there, but it's yeah. like, but if people don't care about what's happening, first mm. and foremost, they're not going to care about all these little details that you're putting in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, just like, there's all these little. It's just same as art as the art, though. It's nothing's ever going to be perfect. It's like I'm trying to just. Just get better at each page. Same thing. It's like I'm looking at the writing and I'm picking part things apart, and I'm also looking at the art. And it's like I've been doing this for forever. Mm. Like that hand looks super weird. Like it yeah. drives me crazy. I'm like that eye is wrong, or you know, well, you never really on a deadline thing. You can't make the drawings perfect. You just try to do the best job that you can. But it's got to mm-hmm. get out when it's got to get out. You know. Yeah. So. Well, you know how I am. I'd go and redraw everything I've ever drawn. <laughs> it's like you know sometimes you just gotta go okay that's as good as it's gonna get for today and like let's just get it done you know so 
Yeah. 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 Going yeah. back only when it's necessary for me is a little bit like, yeah. I, I almost have to do it that way. Cause I, I can't, uh, if I keep looking back at previous issues, it's almost like, it's so weird. Cause I'm sure like non-comic creators listen to this and they go, what are they talking about? But it's like literally, mm. but what makes me feel good is I know that even the people that I think are perfect mm. feel the feel the same way about yeah. their stuff. You know, so it's like, there's no artist or writer or whatever that doesn't look back and cringe at previous work. And that's just, that's just how it is. You, you just kind of got to keep, keep moving forward. Yeah. Right? I saw like a quote from one of the Kubert brothers. Uh, they wrote on like their Instagram or something. It was like, perfection is the downfall of, I don't know. It's like basically saying that like, nothing's perfect so like just get it yeah. as good as you can get it and then get it out you know what i mean because yeah. if you just sit there trying to make it perfect it's never going to get done you know so uh it was yeah. uh you know it was a good quote and it was more eloquent than i just put it but uh <laughs> that's basically <laughs> the gist of it, you know it's like these these guys that have had this funny because both i was going to say something similar for like john ramita jr where it's like they both have this these legendary fathers that taught them about yeah. the game like early on and it's like he's, he's always referred to his style as like a deadline style yeah like, oh yeah, like you're not, you're making these characters, this, these worlds, everything else. You're not, you could just keep noodling and noodling away, but yeah. you have a style. This is the best version of your style that can get done Yeah, a page a, page a day or a, whatever you're, yeah. you're, yeah. you're, whatever you're doing, you know, however, how, how tight your deadlines are. And I was like, yeah, yeah that's, the, it's like, I could just noodle away and make something crazy looking, but it's mm. like, you can do that for an illustration once in a while. But if you do that for a deadline driven monthly comic, yeah. first of all, you know, Tell yourself because you'll never leave your chair. Yeah, yeah. And secondly, yeah, just tell the story. That's the important thing too. You don't have to just impress with every single panel. You just need to tell a good story and yeah, engage people that way. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What else we got to say? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We cover everything. Well, we've done our spiel on our books. Uh, I think <laughs> we could just go on and on and on about all these topics. But oh yeah. Like we're going an hour here. I think that's uh, people have probably heard enough of our. Uh, yeah. Hour. Okay. So, uh, I uh, what do I have to say? Kaya is out monthly. Starstorm, the savage strength of Starstorm, is out monthly, both from Image Comic Books. Uh, Kaya, I write and draw. Drew writes and draws Starstorm. And uh, yeah, the savage strength out, of Starstorm. Yeah, the savage strength of Starstorm. <laughs> um, the awesome name. <laughs> when you told me that, I was like, that's the even better. Because <laughs> it's like, you're really, you're really having fun with it, you know? Yeah. Um, when it turned from Starstorm to that. Uh, but yeah, those are both out every month from Image. And uh, you and me are working hard on it. And I don't know about you, but right after this is over. Um, back to work. Going another page. Yeah. Yep. That's what we're <laughs> doing. Right. Should we hang okay. it up? All right. The conversation continues offline. Yeah. Thank you so much, Wes and Drew, for this incredible episode. Strength of Starstorm number three is on sale now, and Kaya number nine goes on sale on August 9th at your local comic shop or wherever comics are sold online. And as always, thank you so much for listening. If you have a moment, please rate and review this show or share it with a friend. And we'll see you next time on Dynamic Duos.